very pleased to know what they think they're doing. I think they're all insane. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Hit a Perspective. This is Rob Greco. Good to be back. As always, if you're getting value out of these, please let some friends and family know. And also, if you're watching on YouTube now, uh, make sure you uh, you hit subscribe uh, and you like the video. That would be much appreciated. So, on November 5th, Trump remarkably asserted that only counting the legal votes, he had won the US 2020 election. And if he loses, it's only because the election is rigged against him. Good evening. I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. But a lot of votes came in late. Now, the media instantly dismissed this as there's no evidence of voter fraud. Can you break down what the president means by illegal votes and if there has been any evidence at all of voter fraud? You know, by all accounts, he seems to be implying that the illegal votes are the ones that are coming in for Democrats. Um, I think his argument boils down to the fact that he thinks mail-in ballots are all illegal. They are not illegal. They're absolutely legal. And there's just no evidence of voter fraud in American elections. So both, uh, admittedly, staking out extreme positions. Trump, on the one hand, uh, is is trying to uh, claim it, trying to make an extraordinary claim. Um, and as per Hitchens Razor, that would require extraordinary evidence, which we'll go into the rest of this episode to see if there is that evidence. Uh, but the media, uh, on the other hand, has also staked out an extraordinary position, which is that there's absolutely zero evidence of voter fraud, which, if you think about it, in a democracy where, what, more than 130 million people voted, the idea that there's not a single case of voter fraud is a little bit suspicious as well. Um, You know, you can just do an exercise at home, just Google uh, dumped mail-in ballots, and the first couple of results will be uh, one CNN article and one Fox News article, I believe. Uh, the first one I've got here, a CNN article, DOJ charges mail carrier for dumping mail and ballots in New Jersey dumpsters. This was an article from October 7th this year. There's also a Fox article uh, titled USPS worker charged with dumping ballots as mail carriers perform extra trips before election day. This article was only October 28th, just a couple of weeks ago now. And again, uh, the article starts with another employee for the US Postal Service is facing federal charges in the latest instance where mail-in ballots were discovered dumped in, in the trash in Kentucky. So the idea that there's zero fraud whatsoever is uh, simply not true. And ironically, that's that's being claimed by the outlets who have articles within their database showing you that there's some fraud going on. Um, and, you know, why does all of this happen? Well, I mean, naturally, nuance doesn't sell. It's, it's much easier to say there's absolutely no evidence of voter fraud uh, compared to saying, you know, there are some maybe rare cases of isolated incidences of voter fraud. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. Um, and it also obviously allows the media to adversarialize Trump. You know, they'll, they'll take the opposite position to any any position that Trump has been staking out. And, 
And, you know, it, it is a problem because then th- this does fuel conspiracies when people have seen instances, isolated instances of voter fraud, uh, and the media says there's absolutely no evidence of that. You can understand the perception that people have that the media is uh, rigged against Trump or it's rigged against their own particular ideology. So the answer obviously lies in between these two extremes. It's not zero evidence of voter fraud and, you know, it's it's not also potentially not you know there's absolutely rampant widespread evidence of voter fraud um so that raises the question has there been enough of these isolated fraud incidents to make a difference to the outcome you know has there been fraud that would be accepted in the courts in order to justify things like recounts and potentially disqualify certain votes uh that's exactly what we're going to get into so i think the first the first question, um, the first bit of context uh, to stress here is that the you know the pandemic is already going to increase the strain on the U.S. voting system, which has never really inspired universal confidence. There is um, a Glenn Greenwald article on his Substack: "The U.S. inability to count votes is a national disgrace and dangerous." It's um, I highly recommend the article, but there's a part. Uh, a, a bit further in, which says the coronavirus pandemic and the shutdowns and the new voting rules it ushered in have obviously complicated the process, but the US failure to simply count votes with any degree of efficiency in a way that inspires even minimal confidence in the process predates the March 2020 nat- nationwide lockdown. Even if one dismisses as aberrational the protracted, court-decided, and still untrusted outcome of the two 2000 presidential election, only four national election cycles ago, the US voting process is rife with major systemic failures and doubt-sowing inefficiencies that can be explained only as a deliberate choice and or a perfect reflection of a collapsing, crumbling empire. Glenn Greenwald, um, you know, points to the fact that, you know, there are always claims of you know either voter suppression on the left or voter fraud on the or voter fraud on the right and this is this is a product of a a US voting system that has never really inspired confidence so there's a couple of examples here um, there's an example here in New York, which uh, I read from the article again. A completely untrustworthy voting count is now the norm. Two months after the New York State primary in late June, two congressional races were in doubt by what the New York Times called major delays in counting a deluge of 400,000 mail-in ballots and other problems. In particular, a thousand more ballots in the city were discarded by election officials for minor errors or not even sent to voters until the day before the primary, making it all but impossible for the ballots to be returned in time. It took a full six weeks for New York to finally declare a winner in those two primary races for Congress. As another example, this is on the DOJ uh, website uh, in the US, uh, and the, the release is titled, Former Philadelphia Judge of Elections Convicted of Conspiring to Violate Civil Rights and Bribery. This, is, uh, this was posted on uh, May 21st, 2020, and it, uh, it reads, A former judge of elections has been convicted for his role in accepting bribes to cast fraudulent ballots and certifying false voting 
voting results during the 2014, 2015, and 2016 primary elections in Philadelphia. And then it goes on, obviously, to give a bit more information. But, you know, just straight out of um, the gate, you already have a US voting system that hasn't been 100% secure and safe in the past. You add the pandemic onto that, and you can understand why there's a context for growing conspiracies uh, about uh, a potential rigging of the uh, of the result. Now, we'll actually get into these claims later on in the episode and see uh, if there is actually any evidence of widespread fraud. But for now, I think it's, it's su- suffice to say that the context of uh, a, a US voting system that has always had issues is important to stress. Now, obviously, the pandemic has changed this a bit because it's added in mail-in ballots. But, you know, people who are claiming that mail-in ballots are 100% safe, I mean, you're ignoring some context, which is that, you know, in Europe uh, and other places around the world, developed democracies, they already have rules for mail-in ballots. They don't trust them as much, and it's why certain countries have banned them. John Arlott is president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, and uh, they did a study on voting rules around the world, and here's what they found. Besides the United States, there are 36 member states in the OECD. 47% ban mail-in voting unless the citizen is living abroad, and 30% require a photo ID to obtain a mail-in ballot. 14% of the countries ban mail-in voting even for those living abroad. In addition... Some countries that allow voting by mail for some citizens living in the country don't allow it for everyone. For example, Japan and Poland have limited mail-in voting rules for those who have special certificates verifying that they are disabled. France has made an exception this year to its ban on mail-in ballots to those who are sick or at particular risk during the coronavirus pandemic. Poland will allow mail-in ballots for everyone for this year only. So that gives you some context around the world as to how other countries are treating mail-in ballots. But with this context in mind, let's actually now take a look at what are some of the allegations that Trump is making. Are they total BS or are there some grains of truth? Let's take a look. So the first one is that Trump's claiming has been the sudden change in vote counts in some key battleground states. We were winning in all the key locations by a lot, actually. And then our numbers started miraculously getting whittled away in secret. And uh, they wouldn't allow legally permissible observers. We went to court in a couple of instances and we were able to get the observers put in. And when the observers got there, they wanted them 60, 70 feet away, 80 feet, 100 feet away or outside the building to observe people inside the building. And we won a case, a big case, and uh, we have others happening. There are a lot of, lots of litigation, even beyond our litigation. There's tremendous amount of litigation generally because of how unfair this process was. And I predicted that. I've been talking about mail-in voting for a long time. It's, uh, it's really destroyed our system. It's a corrupt system. And it makes people corrupt even if they aren't by nature. But they become corrupt. It's too easy. They want to find out how many votes they need, and then they seem to be able to find them. They wait and wait, and then they find them. Okay, so there are a lot of different claims to investigate here. Uh, The first one is Trump's claim that they just found the votes that were needed 
I don't think this holds a lot of water at all, to be completely honest. There's a Politico article titled Democrats return nearly three times as many mail-in ballots as Republicans in Pennsylvania. Uh, The article points out that Pennsylvania has received more than 2.5 million mail-in and absentee ballots so far, according to new data from election officials here. And um, that means that 81% of state voters who were sent those ballots have returned them. Uh, To break that down, more than 1.6 million of those ballots were from registered Democrats, 586,000 were from Republicans, and uh, 278,000 were from independents or third-party voters. So it's actually not surprising that in key battleground states, uh, the Democrats have been able to uh, claw black claw back an early lead that Trump had because they're counting mail-in ballots that were more likely to vote Democrat anyway. Now, um, another, I guess, string to add to that conspiracy has been the sudden announcement of uh, vote counts that go 100% Democrat. There's a 538 tweet uh, from uh, November 4th, uh, one day after Election Day, and uh, it reads... Two more batches of Pennsylvania votes were reported, uh, 23,277 votes in Philadelphia, all for Biden. <laughs> so you can you can understand why people went crazy about it. How, how could it possibly be that 100% of the votes went for Biden? But then they released a statement um, uh, a day later or so, um, and they said, this one batch of votes in Philadelphia has been picked up by some people, including a commentator on Fox News, as possible evidence of fraud. It's not. According to Edison Research, uh, which aggregates votes uh, data for ABC News and other networks and is the source for data in question, sometimes election officials and vote aggregators unintentionally enter vote updates one candidate at a time rather than entering all candidates together. Other candidates' votes are then included in a subsequent batch. That appears to be what happened here. And in the next update from Philadelphia, Trump got about double the share of votes that he was getting in the other updates from there during that stretch of time. So it's all, it's all to do with how, how they're computing and tabulating the votes. It's, it's, it's not really evidence of fraud. But, um, you know, another example of this, which people have pointed to, has been the sudden change uh, in states like Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, if we look at, uh, again, another tweet, there's um, the state of the race in Wisconsin. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, you'll see it here. But if you're only uh, listening to this, uh, basically, uh, there, are, there's, <clears throat> there are two lines, one blue, one red, representing Democrats and Republican. And then uh, for the blue line, it there's a vertical spike at around uh, you know 4 a.m. after election day, and they all it seems like all the votes are going to Biden as opposed to Repo- to Republican. But you know, as a politi- politi- fact, uh, art- like fact check article has pointed out, um, those votes weren't actually 100% Biden. Uh, behind that blue line, there is also a red line representing thousands of votes that Trump had actually gained. And and then they point out that there are also counterexamples where Trump's lines shoots up suddenly when a favorable batch of results are reported. Uh, admittedly, the graph does look deceptive, but it is it is explained at least to me. Uh, the next one is Michigan. Again, you get this immediate spike uh, for Biden um, if if you're listening and not uh, not watching the YouTube video. But again, this was this one was just a. 
a um, a glitch. So there's a BBC article which explains it. Uh, it says a map of voting in Michigan from the election night, which shows a sudden increase of around 130,000 votes for Joe Biden, but none for Mr. Trump, has gone viral on social media. President Trump even tweeted this image. But then uh, they they say the explanation is simple. It was just a data entry that was later corrected. So, you know, I think what this actually speaks to is it's it, it's not actually good practice to have these live counts if you don't have 100% reliable systems where you're going to have these errors. And then naturally, when people see these spikes, they're going to be suspicious. Like, why the fuck did 100% of the votes go to Biden? Why is there a sudden spike for Biden, not for Trump? I think it really speaks, it doesn't speak to fraud per se, although, you know, you could investigate that. But it really speaks to the fact that we shouldn't really have these live updates if your systems aren't reliable and can't accommodate what's required of that. So, so that's the sudden change of vote count. Now, there's another uh, there's another claim in that Trump tweet, uh, sorry, in that Trump press conference where he claims that Republican uh, observers weren't allowed to actually poll watch, and uh, they wouldn't allow legally permissible observers. We went to court in a couple of instances, and we were able to get the observers put in. And when the observers got there, they wanted them. 60, 70 feet away, 80 feet, 100 feet away or outside the building to observe people inside the building. Were Republican poll watchers really not allowed to observe the count in areas such as Pennsylvania? The answer is actually yes. So previously, they were only actually allowed 20 feet away uh, from um, from observing the poll counters. But then the Trump campaign actually secured a win in uh, in the courts on Thursday morning. Uh, the, the judge ordered that, they, that the poll watchers had to can now move within six feet as opposed to the 20 feet perimeter that was previously in place. But does this really mean that the election was rigged against Trump? No, not really. There's such a thing as a pandemic going on. Obviously, the rules were in place uh, for COVID. And, uh, you know, did this really have an effect on the vote? I mean, we don't know. It's unlikely. If the judge thought it did, he would have uh, would have issued a different order, but he didn't. He thought it was he thought it was fine just to allow pot watchers to go from twenty feet to six feet. So this is a bit of a um. This doesn't really get us anywhere. There's a grain of truth, but I don't know if it's evidence that the election was rigged against Trump. Now, the next claim has been that uh, poll workers, uh, sorry, not poll workers, postal workers uh, working for the United States Postal Service have been backdating ballots that were received after the deadline, bringing them back to November 3rd so that they would be counted. Uh, Now, if this has happened, it, it would be illegal in certain states. Um, at this stage, there's at least one incident in Michigan and another in Pennsylvania. So that first one was in Traverse City, Michigan. Let's take a listen to the report. The U.S. Postal Service sent inspectors to a post office branch in Traverse City after concerns of possible fraud. The Office of the Inspector General had federal investigators at the branch on Barlow Street today. It comes after a group known as Project Veritas posted a video which claims to identify a postal supervisor allegedly instructing employees to take absentee ballots received on Wednesday and backdate 
investigate them with a postmark for Tuesday. Now, under Michigan law, it would be irrelevant to the results, even if this turns out to be true, because ballots had to be in the hands of clerks by Tuesday night at 8 p.m. But the Postal Service is still investigating the claims. Is it concerning? Sure. But is it likely to be consequential? I mean, hard to say, uh, because... Postmark ballots in Michigan actually aren't meant to be counted anyway. So even if they were postmarked to November 3rd, uh, they wouldn't be counted anyway because they weren't received before the election deadline. Now, the second case was in Erie, Pennsylvania. Again, according to a Project Veritas report, uh, a post worker whistleblower alleged that he overheard a supervisor saying that they were to be backdating ballots from uh, November 4th to November 3rd. You witnessed your supervisor backdating a ballot to November 3rd? I did not witness them backdating it. I witnessed them talking about backdating. What did you hear them say? They were talking about how the day before, which was the 4th, they had postdated all but one of the... They had, uh, all but one of the uh, ballots that were picked up as the third, but they had one that they made a mistake and postmarked it before. You heard Robert Weisenbacher say this to Daryl, or Daryl say it? How did it? How did you hear it? Uh, Robert was saying it to Daryl. Robert was saying it to Daryl. Yes. To 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 they made a mistake on the ballot and they should have backdated the November fourth ballot to November third. Correct. Yes. Now, this led federal investigators to contact the whistleblower, uh, confirming uh, what he revealed to in, in that Project Veritas report. Now, there has been a Supreme Court ruling uh, recently which has declared that um, election officials in Pennsylvania can count absentee ballots received as late as Friday the 6th, after Election Day, that is, so long as they are postmarked by November 3rd. So, this is actually where postmarking would count. Uh, now, the Erie County Election Board, for its part, has uh, responded to this by saying the Erie Post Office under Postmaster Robert Weichenbach has been responsive and helpful to us. I believe the processes they use will stand as legitimate under scrutiny. We will continue to do our work and not get distracted by outside noise. The concern is about 130 ballots out of 135,000 cast ballots. They are not changing any outcomes. We will update our count to include them. The numbers are in a separate electronic silo pending current litigation and a directive by the Pennsylvania Department of State. No further comment will be made or needs to be made on this issue. Now, interestingly, as I was doing this research on Friday the 6th, the Supreme Court uh, did come out with an order that would order the Pennsylvania Election Board to separately count mail-in ballots that arrived after Election Day. And um, so they'll keep them separate. So there they could be something done with these ballots that were counted um, uh, that were counted after election day. We'll just have to wait and see what happens in this litigation. Uh, but uh, but for now, it's it's an it's an ongoing investigation. We don't have concrete evidence of fraud, but there is an investigation ongoing. Now the next allegation uh, was from um, an elderly lady named Jill Stoku, who had said that her male vote was taken away from her. Hi, my name is Jill Stoku. I went to vote, it was told I already voted. I pursued the matter, and in years past, I always voted in person. 
this time they mailed out the ballot and somebody took my ballot. They also took the ballot of my roommate. I was told by the interviewer from Channel 8 when I said, did other people do this? He said, yes. He said, you're the first double. Thank you. Now, I do understand that that's her claim, but this seems to have been refuted. Uh, An article uh, from The Intercept explains why. So a reporter asked the Clark County Registrar of Votes, Joe Gloria, about Jill Stokey's claim at a news conference. And uh, Gloria said, I personally dealt with Miss Stokey. She brought her claim to me. We reviewed her ballot. And in our opinion, it is her signature, he added. Uh, We also gave her an opportunity to provide a statement if she wanted to object to that and provide a challenge to that. She refused to do so. Uh, uh, Stokey, officials believe, had had cast her absentee ballot and then tried to vote a second time but was stopped from doing so. So there seems to be a miscommunication as to what's actually gone on. In any case, even if there is fraud, it's already been investigated. So, uh, you know, Republicans or, you know, Trump is pointing to this one example of widespread fraud doesn't make a lot of sense when in reality it's already been investigated. So another claim that's been made, (laughs) there are so many allegations, it's been hard for me to keep up. But the next one has been the ballots, according to Trump, just keep appearing in places like Georgia. They They just keep showing up. Again, this has been investigated and it doesn't hold much weight at all. Uh, If we look at some Georgian officials, governors and people in charge of the election committee have all come out with, you know, saying, you know, any any allegations of intentional fraud or violations of election law must be taken seriously and investigated. You know, we trust that our Secretary of State will ensure that the law is followed as written and that Georgia's election result includes all legally cast ballots and only legally cast ballots. We will continue to follow this situation to ensure a fair and transparent process. Now, Georgia, for its part, has actually already issued a recount. Um, So, you know, the idea that this is widespread corruption that's rigged against Trump doesn't make sense because you you have already laws in all of these states and people are taking these investigations seriously. If they do decide that there are irregularities or the the vote is too close to call, there's such a small margin, there's already a legal process in place that allows for things like recounts. So I don't know how you can can claim a conspiracy against you when they're, they're... the wheels are already in motion for things like recounts. That's that's uh, Georgia. Now, one interesting one, I will admit, uh, one interesting allegation, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, is that you know Biden has received an historic high number of votes, I believe, in the popular vote. I think it's the highest ever. Uh, yet many uh, House... Uh, House and Senate races have been extremely close and Republicans have actually done extremely well. Uh, there's a, an example in Virginia uh, that, that I found and in you know, one of the counties, Biden had actually received 277,000 votes, whereas the Democratic candidate in the House of Reps only received 181,000 votes. There's a huge discrepancy of, what's that, you know, almost almost 100,000 votes. Whereas if you look at Trump, he received 257,000 votes. And the uh, the Republican candidate in the House of Reps only received 200, 255,000. So only a 2,000 discrepancy. So why is Biden getting such a huge discrepancy, whereas Trump isn't? The first explanation is these databases 
are really fucking shit. I verified this screenshot with the actual database and those numbers had already changed. So what I think is happening is they keep uh, getting numbers coming in all the time and keep updating their their numbers and figures. So we shouldn't take these as gospel. But I think it's also likely that if there's historically high voter count, then a lot of people who are coming out potentially to vote for the first time are only going to vote for the president. They're not going to go all the way down the ballot. Again, if there is, you know, credible evidence that said that something dodgy has been going on, investigate it, take it to the courts, see what happens. But this evidence in and of itself doesn't prove the election is rigged against Trump. Can prove it, it can be explained by any number of explanations that don't involve this widespread conspiracy against Trump. So that's that's that. Now uh, the next one has been all the dead votes and all the people who uh, who have been voting in 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 different in different states, different to where they're actually registered from. There has been some litigation that's now ongoing. I believe it was um, the uh, the GOP in Nevada has already has already uh, filed a lawsuit uh, alleging that there were three thousand voters who moved from D- Nevada before the election, but still cast ballots in this election. Sure, that's an irregularity that should go to court, and that will get decided accordingly. But again, to say that this is widespread conspiracy against Trump and against Republicans doesn't make sense because, firstly, we didn't even know where these 3,000 voters voted, that they could have all voted for Trump. And then if you brought that to court and it it invalidated those Trumps, that would favor a Biden victory anyway. So how do you know that this is a widespread conspiracy against Trump? You simply don't. It's an irregularity. It'll get taken care of if it holds water in the courts, and that'll be that. Another string to this has been all the dead voters. Rumors circulating that people have been voting on behalf of dead people in swing states. Uh, there is a uh, an article from the uh, Detroit Free uh, um, the Detroit Free Press, excuse me, and it basically points out that you know if they if they have been votes cast on behalf of dead people, they will already be caught in the system. For example, this, uh, I'm reading from the article, the state also checks to ensure the ballots cast by people who are deceased are not counted. In the August primary, the state successfully identified ballots cast by 846 people who had passed away between casting their ballot and the election. So they already have active filters, active mechanisms to prevent people who are who have passed away, even at the time, even only um, between the time they cast their vote and the the date of the election. So they already have these rigorous uh, screening uh, processes in place. And again, even if, you know, there were one or two discrepancies and they didn't count it, how do you know these people all voted Democrat? You don't. It simply points to any regularity in the system, like I said previously, that will be dealt with by the courts if you bring a credible lawsuit. And that's that. And, you know, I was I was also thinking about this last night. You know, if I were to rig an election, having paying people to go out and vote on behalf of dead people would be the most idiotic way to rig an election. Think about how time-consuming, costly, and ineffectual it would be. You'd need to get what you'd pay a hundred people to 
uh, feign as dead people and and vote on behalf of dead people one way or another, you'd have to pay 100 people and you'd still only get 100 more votes. If you were to, you know, um, excuse me, if you were to, you know, properly rig an election, what you need, you know, 20,000 votes, 10,000 votes here or there, I do realize some of the uh, some of the races have been uh, really close this year, but still, you need ten, twenty thousand votes, and trying to find enough people to vote on on behalf of dead people wouldn't get you nearly enough votes to actually tilt the election. Just my thoughts. All right, the next one, and probably the most idiotic one I've heard, is Sharpie Gate. That's right; they were deliberately handing people sharpies, which would invalidate their vote because it wouldn't be picked up in the election uh, scanning system, the voting scanning system, whatever you want to call it. Political article straight up says there was no evidence for it. Arizona officials confirmed repeatedly that its machines were capable of reading Sharpie marked ballots. And again, there are already these systems in place. If you detect, if you suspect irregularities, if you check your vote and it wasn't counted, you can raise that with the officials and they all, all the states and all the counties have election rules. And if there are irregularities, you can, you can get some type of remedy or, or action taken. Now, yeah, so, so, so those are all the allegations that Trump and Trumpers are making. To be honest, as someone who's, who, who's conspiracy friendly, I was a little bit, bit disappointed from uh from from all the trumpians i would have thought they would have had something better i was very disappointed by the evidence i found not to say there couldn't be more convincing evidence presented at a later date that would would change my opinion here uh you know if if there is that evidence bring it to court see what the courts say but don't claim that you have you know with absolute certainty that this election was rigged against trump when someone like me has gone out and done all this research and you've given me nothing. Come on. Come on, guys. I expected better. Um, so what, you know, so how should all of this be handled at the end of the day? Take it to court. If you, again, as I said, if you have enough evidence, bring it to court. They'll decide it. Um, you know, if, if, if none of these cases get, hoard, get heard by the courts, I, I think that would also... Uh, be a terrible outcome for the U.S. because you'd have, what, 25 30% of the population believing that Biden is an illegitimate president and uh, that wouldn't make for a peaceful four years of uh, Biden presidency. Um, there's also something about elections which inspires conspiratorial thinking. You know, in 2016, the Democrats blamed Russian interference and Trump being in cahoots with the Russians as the re- the only reason why Hillary lost and Trump won. Uh, now, obviously, Trump's blaming fraud, claiming he won by a lot, uh, which, as, as, as we've just shown, isn't really founded in uh, that much evidence. Uh, both parties seem to be taking grains of truth and projecting them into these broad sweeping yet ultimately incorrect narratives that don't explain what's what's really happened and if you've been paying attention you'll notice that there's uh there's been no evidence of uh you know foreign actor interference in the election i wonder why that is potentially because the preferred and the preferred candidate actually won so that's uh, something to think about. You know, ultimately, to wrap this up, does voter fraud exist? Yes, of course it does. You know, claims of no evidence of voter fraud 
don't make sense. They're patently untrue. You can do your own research. You can find evidence of people dumping ballots. Uh, you can find, you know, you know, evidence of one or two people who had their balance ta- ballots taken away from them. They cast a vote and it didn't get recorded. Of course, that's going to happen. There's 130 million voters. The American system has never been full- foolproof. Add in the pandemic, there are going to bound to be some errors here and there. Uh, you know, there, there are irregularities, again, with people who have died and people who have relocated. Yes, that all, all, all these points are, are taken. There are also ongoing investigations into some potentially shady practices from postal workers backdating ballots uh, to Election Day when they shouldn't have. Again, this will be investigated, and if there's evidence, it will, it will come to light. But has this fraud been committed intentionally by media, you know, big tech, and the Democratic Party working in concert to to oust Donald Trump? No, at least I haven't seen any compelling evidence of this. At worst, as I've been saying, there are some irregularities, some bad apples in the system that have affected a few votes here or there. But if any of those claims are serious, they will be heard within a, within a courtroom. And ultimately, if those claims are credible and consequential, uh, they will be decided and we will hear about it sooner or later. On that note, that's where I'll end today's episode. I hope you enjoyed and I will see you next time. I think they're all insane. And one final thing, if you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word and let your friends and family know about it. And also, if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button and notification bell. See you next time.